Welcome to an inspiring message from Pastor John Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will encourage, inspire, and empower you. We're starting into a new series that we've entitled, Here Come the Dreamers. Here Come the Dreamers. And for us in our lives as believers, it is important for us to note that dreams are an incredibly important part of our lives. And I want to stress that. I want to make sure that you hear that. That for every single one of us in our lives, dreams are not meant to be something that only a, a precious few people enjoy. But God designed you for dreams. God fit you together for dreams. You were purposefully created by heaven with the ability to receive dreams. This is important for us to know. In fact, you know, I was thinking about this series and... Uh, was away for a few days and I came home and my dog came up to me. My dog was so excited to see me. But the truth is when I thought about that, how excited my dog was to see me after a few days, I was more excited to see my dog than my dog was excited to see me. And the reason why is because my dog doesn't have the same ability that I do to extend myself forwards and backwards in time. All animals in the world, apart from humans, are stuck in time. They don't have the ability to reach back with memories, to reach forward with vision. They are suspended in one moment of time. So that's why for my dog, if I'm away from her for a day, she's excited to see me. If I'm away from her for a week, she's excited to see me. If I'm away for a month, she's excited to see me, but her... her excitement level is exactly the same no matter what the length of time is because she doesn't understand time the way that I do the way that you do but when God put you together he made you more than just a creature that is stuck in one moment of chronology you have the ability to be alive in this moment yet you're also remembering every memory of your past and how you got here and that's going to bring a mixture of stuff into your life, but that's a series for another day. But at this moment, we also have this incredible gift given to us by God. We can stand in one moment of time and we can reach forward. We can see something that hasn't happened yet. We can receive an image of the future, a dream, a vision, and it can enter our lives in this suspended moment of time. Time travel is what it is. And because we have the ability to go forward and to see what will be, it impacts everything about our human existence. It is a, a powerful psychological reality. And for every Christian, every believer, everyone who's hearing this message today, I truly believe that one of the things God is wanting to speak to us about in this COVID season is the power of our dreams. Dreams are never more important than they are in seasons of time when there is uncertainty in the world in which we live. Is, is that not true? When everything around you appears fragile and unstable, we need those moments to be seasons and times when we understand the great power of our God that is at work within us. And a few months ago, I found myself reading Genesis 37 as, as I was reading uh, the book of Genesis. And I found myself in my devotions just being awakened to the simple and profound power 
that dreams bring into our lives. And I believe in this series, we've entitled the series, Here Come the Dreamers. And it's a mini series. It's only going to go for two weeks and then we've got our vision Sunday. But I wanted this dream series to be something that would prepare us both for what God has for us in our lives and for what God is going to do when we get to our vision Sunday this year. Because if you and I aren't awakened to dreams, it is so easy for us to miss so much of what God is trying to do, trying to bring, who He wants to be on the inside of every single one of us. So if you have a Bible, Genesis chapter 37 uh, is where we're going to dive into this. Genesis chapter 37. I want to give a shout out to all of our youth, by the way, as we're diving into this message uh, for all of our youth. Um, you know, last Friday, not Friday, that just two days ago, but Friday a week ago, the last Friday of term, you know, with COVID, we haven't met with our youth all together in gatherings uh, literally since mid-March. And we just had a thousand teenagers come to youth on Friday. Not, not, yeah, come on, we need to give God every campus from Whangarei to Dunedin, everywhere in between. That's something to celebrate. All right, here we go. Genesis chapter 37. We're going to start reading in verse 5. Genesis 37 verse 5. One night Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in a field tying up bundles of grain and suddenly my bundle stood up and all your bundles gathered around and bowed low before mine. And his brothers responded, so you think you will become our king? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. He talked about them. So soon Joseph had another dream. And again, he told his brothers about it. This guy just can't keep his mouth shut. Listen, I had another dream. <laughs> the first one you hated before, but here's my second. The sun, moon, and 11 stars bowed low before me. This time, he told the dream to his father as well as his brothers, and his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that, he asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. Verse 18. When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. As he approached, they made plans to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Here comes the dreamer. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of the cisterns. We can say to our father, a wild animal has eaten him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. Here comes the dreamer. If there is one thing I believe, thank you so much, Noah. One thing I believe God wants to be said of you and me is that when people would take note of us, they would say of God's people, here come the dreamers. Here come the dreamers. Here come the people with a vision alive on the inside of them. Here come the people with expectation for what is to come. Here come the people that aren't bound simply by what they're living in right now. Here come the people that are alive for so much more. Here come the dreamers. The thing about Joseph, my friends, is that Joseph dreamed a dream. You all read about that? 
He shared the dream. He was hated and despised because of the dream. (laughs) Then he dreams another dream. He hasn't learned from the first dream. He tells everybody else about the second dream. And now he was not only hated and despised, but scolded because of the dream. But then the scripture tells us only a couple of verses later that when Joseph's brothers saw him in the distance, when he was out there beyond them, when they looked towards the horizon of what they could see, I don't have time to get into this yet, but I just want you to know that Joseph saw a different horizon. When Joseph looked towards the distance, he wasn't seeing things that he envied. He wasn't seeing seeing things that he scorned. When Joseph looked into the distance, he saw the picture of what God had for him. He saw a vision and a dream. But when you don't have a vision, when you don't have a dream in your life, you look towards the distance and you see negative rather than positive. You see what could take you down rather than what could lift you up. And his brothers looked into the distance and this is what they said of him. They said, here comes the dreamer. Now Joseph is one of the last of 12 brothers to be born to his father Jacob, then named Israel. In other words, his position in life was never towards the top. He was just the lowly brother, the younger brother, the kind of, you know, the, the begrudging brother. In fact, he was the brother from another mother. He, he was, most of them came from a different mothers to him, but he was one of only two born to Rachel, and he was always kind of looked down on. But when his brothers look at him now, they don't say, here is the reject. They don't say, here is the younger one. Because of his dreams, they're now saying about Joseph, here comes the dreamer. And I want you to understand something, that Joseph's identity is now being shifted because of his dreams. And the desire of God for every single one of us is that when people look at us, whether we be in Whangarei or Hamilton or Palmerston North or the Carpety Coast or Christchurch or Dunedin or wherever else we have a location now, that people wouldn't just look at you and say, here comes Bob, Frank, Harry, Christy Lee, Tanavasa Louie, that when people look at you, they would say, here comes the dreamer. Here comes the person with a plan from God. Here comes the person with excitement in their spirit. Here comes somebody who sees something different than just the world we're living in, that they would say, here comes the dreamer. That's what God wants for you and me. Because the truth is what naturally identifies us in our lives is our point of origin and our previous life experiences. So when people see us, they say, here comes Tux. And Tux is strong and muscular and, you know, fit and amazing and a leader and a man of God. But that's not what God wants to identify you just from where you've come from. Because where you've come from might have been pain. You might have come from rejection. You might have come from hurt. You might have failed your exams. You might be right now in the middle of a job loss or a setback or a relationship breakdown or some kind of conflict in your life. And you're aware that when you walk into a room, that's how people see you. But that's not how God sees you. And that's not how God wants the world to see you. God wants the dream that He has for you to become so much a part of you that everywhere you go, you are synonymous with your dream. You are identified by your dream. Here comes that person who believes the world can be different. Here comes that person with that idea. 
Here comes that person with that scheme. I think I'm preaching better than half this auditorium is responding. I know, I know the first three rows are getting it. I bet you Dunedin are jumping to their feet. I bet you they're excited. But I'm here to tell you that what God wants for you and I, the powerful thing that a dream can do in our lives is shift our identity. It can move you from being perceived the way you have been, by where you've come from, so that now you are seen in light with who God has called you to be, the plan and purpose that He has on the inside of you. That's what God wants for us in the arena of our dreams. Arena of our dreams. I, I went high pitched. So I felt the need to. The arena of our dreams. I'm so passionate. My voice is breaking. But we have a we have a perplexing relationship with dreams. If we're honest, we do. In fact, if I was to be real with you, I would say that a large portion of my church foyer conversations are over people's difficult relationship with their dreams. And just because you have dreams in your life or a moment when you've received a dream. I had a picture when I was preparing this series of literally like books, and I saw, I saw the breath of God just blowing and the dust coming off books because many people have dreams that have now become dormant and buried. And the drift in life is to become increasingly identified, not by where you're going, not by God's promise over you, but the moment you let any difficulty, pain, setback, or hardship become more dominant in your human psyche than the dream God gave to you, that's the day the devil's plan to attack you prospers. And what God wants to do in our lives is cause us to see ourselves even in the middle of life's toughest seasons. Even no matter what COVID might have brought into your life, God wants you to see yourself in light of the dream that He had when He created you. I don't have time to preach it, but you know my heart that I would love to tell everybody hearing this that you're not a worthless nobody, you're not redundant, you're not a leftover, you're not a mistake, you're not an amoeba that got lucky. You're a child of the Most High God. You have been ordained by heaven. You're put on this planet for a reason. You're alive with potential. You have the call of God living on the inside of you. You can and you will change this world. Come on, if you believe that every location, give God about five seconds of praise because somebody around you needs to know that God's got a plan for each and every one of us. Here's a purpose for our lives. And Joseph is labeled the dreamer. And the truth is, my friends, God gave him that dream because of everything that was about to happen to him and because of the plan that he had in mind for him. And the dream that God gave to you and I is important because God brings dreams to us to enable us to navigate His purpose for our lives. He brings the dream so we can navigate. He brings the dream so we can see. He brings the dream so that when you stand at a crossroads, you go the right way rather than the wrong way. That's why you and I need the dream. Oh, come on, I don't want to preach that. But the truth is, the stronger your dream is, the harder it is to hang on to hurt. You don't have room for your hurt in your life when you're alive with a dream. Isn't that the truth? When my dreams are alive on the inside of me, I'm like, you disappointed me, but that's not, that's not what I see. I, I see something greater. I see something bigger. I see where I'm going. And your disappointment doesn't prevent God's purpose. That's why we need a dream. And the first thing that I want to give you eight points, I'm going to try anyway, 
If I don't get through them, come back tonight and I'll try and express the first few and get, get the rest going. But the first thing I want you to know about dreams, I have eight points, Lord help me to get through them. And the first thing that I want you to know is that God is the giver of dreams. I hope you all enjoyed uh, Ray's message last week, Pastor Raymond Moore. What a powerful message as he talked about the three dispensations of the Godhead and the three seasons of time, how in the Old Testament, the Father spoke in the Gospels, the Son spoke, but now in the New Testament church, it is the Holy Spirit that is living and moving. What a powerful theological reality. And what I need you to understand is that God prophesied in the book of Joel that in the last days, I will pour out my Spirit. In other words, that's gonna be the age that you and I live when the Holy Spirit is gonna get poured out. And when the Holy Spirit gets poured out, your young men are going to dream dreams, your old men are going to have visions. In other words, when the Holy Spirit starts moving, dreams are going to come alive. Dreams are coming to come alive. And then in the book of Acts, Paul used this as his inaugural sermon as the New Testament church was born, that when the Holy Spirit starts moving, that's what's going to happen. Dreams and visions are going to come alive. Habakkuk 2.2 said, write the vision and make it plain. In other words, I'm going to give you a dream about something that is yet to come, and I want you to know it, record it, have it in front of you, receive it, because God is the giver of dreams. Proverbs 29, 18, without a vision, the people perish. We need a dream and a vision to be who God wants us to be. And God, God is the giver of dreams. He brings dreams to us. God speaks through visions and dreams. You know you're having a moment with God when you begin to think about your life, not just in light of what you're experiencing today. When I became a believer in Jesus, the most instant change that I came to my life was tomorrow. Before I followed Jesus, everything was about that moment, that season, that time. Because that's where we gravitate in our lives, because that's what the devil wants for you. The devil wants you bound in a prison called normal. Confined to the geography where you grew up. Confined to the expectations of what surrounds you. Limited by what you've known in your life up until this moment. And then we open up our lives to the wonder of God. And when He comes to our lives, we begin to think, this doesn't have to be the way that it is. You might be at the same dining room table, but you think my brother could be saved. You might be in the same family, but you think we don't have to be at each other's throats. We could have peace in this home. We could have love in this home. We could have potential in this home. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? When Jesus comes to your life, you become awakened to a sense of tomorrow, destiny, future, calling, potential. Life could be better. That's what it's like because God is the, the giver of dreams. And when God starts speaking, dreams and visions come alive on the inside of us. That's why we need dreams and visions, my friends, because without them, we are not hearing the voice of God as God deny, want, desires for us to hear Him. Without visions and dreams, we are not hearing the voice of God as God desires for us to hear Him. It's an undeniable part of our Christian faith. Point number two, dreams are outside of the norm. I think one of the greatest reasons we have a perplexing relationship with dreams is because dreams aren't within our current frame of reference. The very nature of a vision and a dream is that it's different to my current point in life. So Joseph is, I think, about brother number 10 out of 12. Don't quote me on that, but he's certainly at the bottom of the pile. 
And out of that position, he has a dream that all his brothers are going to bow down before him. So he's standing in what is the norm, and he's seeing something that is not the norm. Joel, I just feel like this is a season when God's awakening a dream on the inside of you. I had to pause to say that. I really do feel like God is just saying this message is for you, not, not because I want you to take furious notes, but because I really feel like God is just saying I'm going to awaken a dream, a greater dream on the inside of you. I really feel like this is a moment for you. But a dream is, a, is, is confusing for us because we stand in our lives and we see a picture of reality that is different to the reality we're standing in. So I'm standing in my life, and the truth is when I think about my life, when you think about your life, what I see in any one moment of my life is what is. I see what I see. I see what can be seen. I see the world the way that it is now. And when God begins to move in my life, what is challenging for me, what is challenging for us, is that we don't just see the world as it is right now. We see what is But then you have a moment with God, and as you have the moment with God, you go from just seeing what is to seeing what will be. So I'm standing in one moment. That's my normal. And as I see that moment, from that that moment, I reach forward, and God shows me something that is yet to, to be. I see what will be. And that's challenging for each and every one of us because we see through dreams a different reality to the one that we're living in. So I'm standing in one reality. I'm standing in one moment. I'm standing in one situation. Somebody jump up here and help me. Come on, Ray, Ray, come on up here. So I want to I get some more distance. So I, you stand there. I've got to get this on camera. No, no, come up here. Yep, yep, stand right there. You're doing a good job. So we got, we got the shot, right? We can't get it in focus. Yeah, there we go. Ray looks so much taller than me. I feel like I want to swap. You have that sign. Yeah. It's a miracle, ladies and gentlemen. This is the only time in my life I will ever be taller than Ray Moore. Give the Lord one great shout of praise. I feel healing. Healing waves coming over me. I'm just staring at the screen. This is not good. But the thing about it is, before the dream, all I saw was what is. So every emotion was a part of what is. Every, every experience was bound by what is. Every expectation came from what is. But when I become the recipient of a dream, I see what will be. I need to pause long enough to say, too many Christians tell me, John, I've never had a dream. It's not true. You just don't have the same grandiose desires that other people have, but you have a dream. We gotta stop falling in love with the grandiose. Joseph just saw people bowing before him. He didn't say, I am famous and have a million Instagram followers. He didn't see himself even as second in charge of Egypt. That wasn't what he saw. What he saw was himself having a larger influence than the world said he could have. And everybody's got some kind of dream living on the inside of them. If you have a loved one who doesn't know Jesus, that's a dream if you want them to be saved. 
If you're single and you're hoping for a family, that's a dream living on the inside of you. If you've got kids away from the Lord and you're believing they can come back to Christ, that's a dream living on the inside of you. And the thing about it is from, from what is, standing from where Ray is, that's my natural point. I stand naturally, not here in the glossy, but I stand predominantly where I am. And this is the problem because calling to me from the future is something different, but where I'm naturally positioned in my life is in a current set of circumstances. So what the devil does is he tries to increase the stimulus of the present. You have to see this. So what the devil does is he comes to us and he just, he's just gonna crank this up. Because when you get into a moment, when you come to a Rise conference, when you come alive in your faith, when you have a moment of worship, anybody understand what I'm talking about? When your smartphone isn't buzzing in your pocket during worship, do you know what I mean? When you're actually lifting your hands, reaching out, when you're open to the Holy Spirit, when you're in prayer, then what happens to you is not that this becomes more real to you. What happens? This becomes more real. The closer I get to Jesus, the more real my dreams become. It's like it's so close you could touch it. So close you could hug it. So close it seems like a tangible reality. So then it is also true that the rest of my life, when God is not close to me, the devil is going to crank this up. So I'm going to have never enough money in my bank account. I'm going to experience relational conflicts. I'm going to be filled with fear and inhibitions. I'm going to doubt my own potential. I'm going to see the uncertainty of the economic environment. And the devil is going to give me every stimulus possible to cause me to downplay this, to bury this, in order to just react and to live only in this. To live bound by what is, rather than to live seeing what will be. A dream is outside of the norm because it's intended by God to pull us forward into the plan and purpose that God has for us. That's why God gave you a dream and a vision. But the power is really comes when, we're gonna do this, okay, here we go. The power really comes when we go from just seeing what is to see, I stand in what is, but I see what will be. The will of God for you and I is that we superimpose what will be constantly over the top of what is so that I don't just see my present reality, but I see my future potential. I don't just see my current challenges, I see the plan, the purpose of God. That's when we understand 2 Corinthians 4, 17, which says our light and our momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not upon what is seen, but upon what is unseen. For what is seen is temporal, but what is unseen is eternal. And that's why God is wanting you and I to be rekindled in our dreams. I'm, I feel like the Holy Spirit is even just blowing right now. Blowing right now. Thank you, Ray. You can bring that sign. Give him a big clap. But I feel, I feel like what God is just saying to people is it's time to get that dust off your dreams. Get, that, get that, 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 that atrophy out of your spiritual dream system and to come alive with your dream again. In fact, Ray, can you join me one more time? Because here, here is the power of our dreams. The thing about dreams is that the truth is, point number three, is that your spirit doesn't live inside of time. 
Question, why are animals bound by time and humans are free from it? The answer is because you are not just a mortal being, but you are the holder, the possessor of an eternal spirit. And because your spirit is eternal, the only way eternity can exist is if it no longer is bound by the construct of time. You must understand that the very first thing God ever created was morning and night, day. In other words, the first act of creation was chronology. Day and evening. Morning, noon, and night. Second day, second week, second month, lunar cycle called a year. And the reason why we have time is to enable mortality to exist. But God predates it and he is after it. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. That's why when Jesus spoke and they said to him, are you greater than our father Abraham? He didn't say before Abraham was, I was. He said, before Abraham was, I am. I don't even know if you can get that. Just a few Christians can write that down and check it out when you get home. But what he's literally saying is, if he said before Abraham was, I was, it would imply about Jesus that he had a beginning. But he didn't say before Abraham was, I was, because I never had a beginning. I am the beginning. I am the end. I am before and I am after. And I've only chosen to insert myself into chronology for this one season. God became flesh and dwelt among us only so that he could bring salvation to us. And now he is alive forevermore. If you believe that, give us about five seconds of praise from Whangarei to Dunedin and everywhere in between. He said, before Abraham was, I am. And inside of you, it's very, very important that you understand that while you live, in a body that is mortal and decaying, and if you're 18 years old, you're not aware of that yet, but if, you are, if you're 30, you've become aware of it. If you're 40, it's a daily reality. You have at the center of you a spirit that is eternal. So this is why when God speaks to you, God doesn't speak to your soul. And God doesn't speak to your flesh. The New Testament tells us that God's spirit calls out to our Spirit. So when God speaks, He speaks to your spirit. And your spirit isn't bound by time. So that's why I can be standing in one season of my life and God begins to speak to me. And suddenly, every identifying marker of my current reality might be describing my life in one light, in one way. Rejected, high school failure, difficulty, setback bankrupt, on the back seat, just had to close a business. I don't know, whatever. We can be like that. And in the middle of it all, God begins to speak to us and he begins to show us something that isn't in line with where we're living right now, but in line with the potential that he has for our lives. And when God speaks to us, you must understand about God speaking, that when God speaks, because he speaks by revelation, revelation comes with comprehension. Am I making sense to people? He speaks by revelation and revelation comes with comprehension. So I'm standing in a pulpit and I'm preaching and I look at Joel and the Holy Spirit keeps troubling me, saying this is not just a sermon, but God's actually working something in Joel's life about his dreams. God's rekindling his dreams. 
How do I know that? I don't know, but I know that what I know, I know. So God spoke by revelation, and it came with comprehension. So I can be standing in one moment in my life, and God begins to speak to me, and he's saying to me, this is what your life is going to be like. This is what your future is going to hold. And it comes with comprehension. The power of that in my life means that even though I'm standing in one reality, even though I can see myself one way, I am now understanding myself in a new light. And the more that dream becomes part of my daily experience of me, the more it changes everything about me. I learned this testimonially because when I was 19 years old, over four consecutive days, I had a vision where I saw myself preaching. I'd failed as a preacher, already started full-time as a preacher, failed as a preacher, gave up preaching, and then on a nine-day prayer retreat, I kept seeing myself preaching. And I was preaching to this large auditorium, bigger than one I'd ever preached in. My, my pulpits were to youth groups of 20 and 30 kids. And now I'm preaching in this large auditorium. There's like 1,000 people on the ground floor, big wraparound balcony. And I was preaching, but here's the thing, Ray. I wasn't just preaching. I understood how to preach. Now, you're a preacher. You get it. It's one thing to write a sermon on paper. It's another thing to know how to connect that with a congregation. The hardest thing for me about COVID was to go from a, a two-way medium to a one-way medium because I knew how to do this because God showed it to me. So when I went to prepare my next sermon after those four days, what was different was that I wasn't writing that sermon without any understanding of how to do it. Am I making sense? The dream came with comprehension. And this is why dreams are so powerful for us in our lives because they change the way we perceive ourselves. They change the way we identify ourselves. That's why when you walk into a room and you have a dream on the inside of you, it changes the way you perceive you because you now see yourself not just in light. See, you might have been any kind of person in your life up until the moment you received a dream, but now you realize you're alive for purpose. This is why we give people recordings of their prophecies when they receive them in church is so that you can write them down. I've got prophecies people gave me and I read them and I go over them because the more I get saturated in what God is saying, not just about my past, but about my future, I walk into a room and I'm like, I'm not just John the kid from you know, Mount Albert and Hillsborough and Auckland, but I'm John, chosen by God, anointed by Him. God's got a plan for my life. I'm a preacher, a leader. I'm an apostle. I'm alive with kingdom power. I can change the world. And it just changes the way I perceive myself and the reality in which I'm live. And that's why God wants for every single one of us to bring dreams and visions to us because it helps us to see what we're going to be in the future of where He's taking to us. A dream is an image of another moment in chronology. We stand in one moment of time, but God shows us another so that He can take us out of that moment so we can navigate our lives towards His plan and to His purpose. And that's why I believe God wants to bring a vision and a dream to every single one of us. If you believe God brings visions and dreams to our lives, why don't you give God some praise right now? Come on, give God some praise. Band can come and join me, every location. Why don't the band come and join me? I'm not at a sermon, but I am out of time. Eight points, we made it through three. I apologize.
I'm going to do the, I'm going to do the other four tonight. But, but let, me just, let me just say this before we close. Come back tonight, hear the other four. Let me give you the first, last one. I'll give you the last one. We must team prioritize our dreams. We must prioritize our dreams. One of the greatest mistakes we make in Christianity is we underestimate the blessing of relationship with God. We underestimate the blessing of a relationship with God. So this is what we do. We spend moments with God and then we spend the rest of our lives doing things. We might even spend the rest of our lives doing things for God. But we just underestimate the blessing of that relationship. We spend small moments with Him because we don't realize that every moment, the closer I get to God, the clearer my dreams become. And what dreams do for me in my life is they enable me to head towards true north. Because at any one moment in my life, what will be is out there. Turn your eyes, we used to sing, upon Jesus. Look full on His wonderful face. The things of earth go strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Because what happens is, without turning my eyes towards Jesus, this comes down. And every moment, there's a way that you can react, you see. And every challenge, I could go left or I could go right. Release and forgive. When Jillian and I had a leaky home, Everybody that was around us was like, sue everybody, sue everybody. You know, like, come on, get your revenge. Like they're in a gladiator film or Braveheart or something. You'll never take our freedom. Like they're just like, a lot of people like, God, sue the world. And we were just like, you know what? It's only money. At the end of the day, we, we never set out on this journey to be wealthy. We set out on this journey to change the world and we were not going to allow three years of our lives to be consumed with a leaky home that was staring us in the face right now. We're just like, let's, let's fix this. Let's do it right so it's never a, a curse to anybody else. The curse ends with me. But I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to quickly get beyond it because we see something that is greater than the life that we're in right now. And that's why God wants a church that is alive with people that are worshipers seekers, dreamers, reachers, because the more we come alive to God, the closer our dreams become. And the closer our dreams become, the better we can navigate the events of our lives to pursue and to live that dream. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church and Pastor John Cameron, visit arisechurch.com or connect with us on Instagram at arisechurch and at johncameronnz.com.